What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the award-winning Nintendo podcast backed by a 120 power star rating. And the doors to episode 118 are open. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me as always here at PAX Australia is Bryce DeWitt. How you going, my friend? Hello, mate. How are you? Good, good. So we got the opportunity to sit down and play some uh, games at Nintendo's booth this morning. Uh... I guess, uh, what should we start with, or what we're going to talk about? Um, Luigi's Mansion. What about Luigi's Mansion? What about your news, mate? What about my news? Well, I'm going to sort of incorporate the news into the show. Got it. All right. Yeah. So, you, that's all good? Yeah. So, L- Luigi's Mansion, we went into a, a real dark room, haunted haunted house, had a booze and that. Very scary. I was sweating. Were you sweating much? Oh, I was absolutely drained. <laughs> absolutely drenched. In sweat, no, but no. But seriously, um, uh, I got to play the game. You you watched and took some uh, videos and photos. Uh, I guess playing through the demo. Have you have you been keeping up with much information? Or because I know myself, I'm sort of just like uh, I'm going to get the game. I'm going to play the game. I'm not watching every trailer and everything. Like I sort of catch what's at E3, but yeah, apart from that, I haven't caught up with much. And being able to actually play it now and be able to. Uh, do the mechanics, the new mechanics of throwing the uh, the plunger and everything. That was fun to do. Um, what did you think about when you were watching it? Well, <coughs> Jesus, Jesus! <laughs> oh, frog's got your tongue there, mate. Oh, oh. Yeah, we'll, we'll try again. Uh, here we go. I'm good now. Um, well, it certainly looks uh, like the next step up from two, if that makes enough sense. Uh, I'm really interested to see where it goes obviously in the PAX demo we had a couple of rooms and then a boss fight you got right to the end of the boss fight and you ran out of time I did I was so close yeah it was time demo so I ran out of time which which I didn't know no because I was just like collecting coins and being a dickhead (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. if we we knew we actually had like a timed time demo then it would have been alright but um the boss we got shown off was uh, a essentially a king. He jumps in uh, king ghost. He jumps into a suit of armor and does a little thing. And uh, your 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 whole aim for that was to uh, stun him and then slam him around a bit and break off his armor so that eventually it's just him without the armor. So uh, there's a lot more characteristic to it uh, than I remember from Luigi's Mansion. If that makes sense, yeah. feels a lot more. Uh, vibrant and I guess spooky vibes uh, obviously Gooigi's there now and we had to mess around with him a bit to solve a few puzzles and uh, then the plunger was the plunger was interesting because the ghosts incorporate you know in, in the demo at least like shields they had swords and shields and you had to use the plunger to get the shields off them before you could even think about hurting them and yes that was cool like the, like the end boss he had his uh, shield up and you had to wait to sort of he, peeked over the top to stun him with the, the flash and all that but um, I guess if you did watch uh, Nintendo Treehouse at E3 we did this was the demo we got to play so it introduces you to Gooigi who at the start like the spikes come up and I'm like oh, I know what to do I'm going to go and use Gooigi to go across them and then I got to the second bit where you've basically got to blow a windmill to bring up an elevator and put it down again 
And I don't know how I forgot about Guiji so quickly, but I'm like, how do I blow it from here? Then I'm like, I, I asked the lady who's uh, at the booth, and she's like, yeah, oh, Guiji. I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot about Guiji. <laughs> you didn't say anything. Did you forget about Guiji, or you, were you just being polite sitting back there? Oh, look, I... I didn't know Guiji's functions, whether he exact like acted exactly like him. So it was sort of just a case of like, well, does the poltergeist even work? Obviously, it does. So yeah. he he does. He just can't get wet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Luigi can't get stabbed. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not morbid at all. No, not at all. So uh, I guess we'll. That's Luigi's mansion. Uh, it's coming out the end of this month. Uh, it looks very good. Yeah. Does this make you more excited for it? Or is it just like, yes, this it just reinforces you? Like, this is good. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's more of a reinforcement. I feel like um, I, I never played Dark Moon because I just, I don't know. I, I couldn't be bothered with the 3DS and at the time. And uh, so I sort of just left it. I was waiting for Luigi's Mansion, like a remaster maybe to come out or whatever. But then they announced <laughs> 3 and... I was about to say, you got Luigi's Mansion remastered, but it was on 3DS again. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But it, it actually works quite well on 3DS, uh, Luigi's Mansion, being like, they set it up like it's a diorama, and also it's 3D. It looks really cool, because, <laughs> I don't know, when you were a kid, did you, do you remember bringing, like, shoeboxes to school? Because, like, oh, we're doing a diorama, and... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I absolutely love that. So yeah, <laughs> it sort of reminded me of like being a kid, having little dioramas, and everything's like you can just interact with everything, everything from like a flower pot or a book. You just suck it all up. That's what I really love about Luigi's Mansion, and I guess in the same way, like now it's HD, seeing like those little details and more detail. And Luigi's so <laughs> expressive. Yeah, a lot more expressive, and that that's one of the charms about the game. Just everything's interact. You can interact with everything, and yeah. No, I'm looking forward to this game. I've got my uh, voucher. I um, bought the other day. I wanted to get Town for cheaper, so I got uh, credits just by buying four um, uh, vouchers all in one go. Yep. So I've got one sitting there for Luigi's Mansion ready to go in Pokemon, and I think I think I want a Dragon Quest, but I'm sort of h- holding off Dragon Quest because I'm up. I don't quite have the time for a hundred-hour RPG on top of all these other things. I'm uh, just snowballing, not actually finishing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, this is the first time we actually got to play the Switch Lite as well. First time we got a hands-on. Uh, you played it just before, and I've you know that they've got a fair few games set up for it. Um, you know, what do you think of the Switch Lite? I know it might be old news to uh, some people because they've already gone out and bought one, and they're probably playing it maybe while they're listening to this podcast. But you know, as your first impressions, what do you think? Uh, look, it felt better in my hands than I thought it would. Um, I'm not sure if it's still right for me or if I would ever consider it. But I think, again, the main draw isn't so much the console itself. It's just the fact that it lacks a few things and, you know, the the controllers obviously still need to be sorted out. But that's kind of the Switch as a whole, really. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, So, yeah, it was good getting my hands on it and having a crack at it. And it's it's definitely a lot more pocket-sized than the normal Switch, but... Um, I don't feel like the size difference is that jarring to me, if that makes sense. What um, what I noticed when I picked it up straight away, I'm like, wow, this thing is a lot lighter. Just that it feels like it feels like a feather. Just when I picked it up, yeah. and I'm like, oh, this feels real nice. Like the the matte uh, finish on the plastic, and uh, I really liked just like the vibrant colours. You know, I'm a sucker for bright colours, 
and but what I what I did notice straight away was like the screen it wasn't uh, it wasn't quite as crisp and I was wondering if it was just the game I was playing at the time and I think the, what was the first game I was playing it was a oh what's it called again um oh, it doesn't matter anyway but then I went and played Spyro and that looked a bit like sort of I don't know how to describe it but a bit grainy a bit more blurry I'm not sure if that, that could just be the game because obviously that's support of a game from more powerful consoles but I played a, also played Mario Maker 2 on it and it still looked a bit more uh, I guess blurry or however you would put it than the normal Switch the normal Switch has a lot more crisper screen from what I can tell yeah. Hmm. But I really did like the joy, um, the the D pad. Really enjoyed having like a proper D pad on a console. And what I I try to say if it was had the same problems the Pro Controller had, where you can sort of move your character left and right just by sort of rocking up or down, because that, that that's it just ruins platforms for me. And yeah, it's a lot it's a lot better. It doesn't do that. So it's a fixed D pad at least. I know there's news about uh, Joy-Con drift and everything, so um, hopefully that's not too common. Yeah, yeah. well, the, that's the thing. is The first week there was videos and stuff coming out of it, and it was sort of concerning because you've got to send away the whole thing. You can't just like, oh, well, that's shit. I can only use my Pro Controller for now. It's not like that, really. You have to send the whole thing away to get it fixed. So um, hopefully that this gets addressed. That would be nice because it's really not good enough in that regard but the actual console itself is fine serviceable and if you want a cheaper switch I guess it works I just feel like uh, dropping you know the extra 70 or so dollars at base price you get you get more bang for your buck yeah. I guess uh, since, since the last episode too I've, I have actually pre-ordered one of the, the Pokemon limited edition uh, switch lights with uh, the legendaries on it and everything because I'm like one I uh really like handhelds two i really like pokemon and three i like collecting them so but as far as like three three thirty for the switch itself my opinion hasn't changed since we did that initial episode we're like my god the price is a a bit much still hasn't changed much but uh there are a fair few deals that you can get them like 30 dollars off so you can get them from 299 in australia so that's not too bad even even here at pax you can get get them at the eb booth for a bit cheaper Mm. So I guess the next one is Hollow Knight's uh, Silk Song. You haven't played this, have you? No, I haven't. No, uh, the line for it's atrocious. Um, I, I got plenty. I got plenty to watch though. Um, so yeah, it was it was definitely Hollow Knight. It was definitely Hollow Knight. Yeah, because we were lucky because we got to go in an uh, hour earlier to sort of uh, avoid most of the lines. Um, but yeah, now now the line for this game is capped out. You can't actually stand in it. And it's the same with Pokemon and a few other of these lines as well. You just can't. <laughs> it's a bit ridiculous. But um, I've only played like a little bit of Hollow Knight. I've sat down and played it a bit. And from what I can tell, Silk Song is pretty similar. Yeah. Well, it was it was originally an yeah. expansion to Hollow Knight. So um, it's yeah, just more Hollow Knight in that regard. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed what I played. Like I got to a few gates and I'm like... I can't go through there. I need something, but I've got ten minutes to play this game, so I'm not going to get through that way. So then I just like backtrack, go a different way. There's another gate here. I've got no time to figure out, you know, what I need. I'm not. I don't have an hour to sit down and actually progress through the game. So I just like killed some enemies. There was some slugs, and there was some uh, more advanced slugs that had wings, and they were like trying to fall on me. I'm like, all right. 
More Hollow Knight, yeah. <laughs> Which is a good thing. Yeah. Team Cherry. Oh, yeah. Adelaide developer. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. Yeah, very much so. It's good to see it highlighted too. Yeah. Like it's a highlighted thing. Mm. And you can, when you, when you play it, you can get a pin. And I got a, a Hornet pin, which I'm showing Bryce, which no one else can see. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the cool thing about the uh, the booth this year, actually. There's heaps of uh, pins and that you can get. I've got a couple of posters, and uh, i got this uh, Super Monkey Ball uh, Banana Blitz HD Stress Ball. Very exciting stuff. Have a, have a feel of that ball, Bryce. How's that ball feel, mate? Less stressful. Mm. Yeah, you, less stressed? You're a bit stressed on this podcast, are you, mate? Obviously. Very stressed. <laughs> actually, um... That's good. Not really a good segue, but it can be a segue. Uh, I played a bit of uh, Super Monkey Ball uh, Banana Blitz HD. So it's a HD, I guess, remaster of uh, that. Super Monkey Ball HD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was fun. Um, I've I've only played the one that came out maybe around launch on Wii. I bought that. That's what w- this is, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I, I, I'm not like a, that familiar with Monkey Ball apart from that game, that one game. I don't know if this was the GameCube version or not. There's going to be someone out there who's one like, hey Drew, it's the GameCube or hey Drew, it's the Wii one. Mm-hmm. Feel free to let us know. But um, yeah, it's, I guess it was a little bit nostalgic because I remember playing it on the Wii with the motion controls and I thought that was quite fun. And on the Switch, all it is is with, I don't know if you can turn motion controls on. I sort of looked in the options. I assume you can because Nintendo... You know, like the push that type of thing. But how I played it was just with the stick and uh, A to jump. And <laughs> when you move the stick, it doesn't it doesn't move the ball. It moves like the world around you. So I did a lot of like tilting my head, sort of like you know you're, t- you're holding the left stick and the world's like tilting to the left, and like my head just goes with it. I'm like, Ugh. I'm playing in handheld mode, I'm like just moving my head around all the time. So I reckon it would be uh, beneficial to t- turn on motion controls if you can turn them on, but. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I went through the first world, beat the boss. There's a bird which you've got to like jump on its head. Very uh, scientific stuff, jumping on its head. Had to jump on it four times, Bryce. Not three. They really went. They really bucked the trend with this one. <laughs> yeah. Four times. Four times. Yeah. And it's got a bunch of mini games in there too, but it was uh, just me playing in handheld mode. So, yeah. No friends. You weren't there at the time, Bryce. You were off getting a t-shirt or something yeah, yeah that's right so you went you went to the Final Fantasy 14 booth I know this isn't Nintendo but you went there got a shirt mm-hmm. very exciting stuff yeah, absolutely beautiful beautiful mm-hmm. that's wonderful yeah I'll just put that in why not <laughs> and uh, I guess uh, next there's a sort of a little secluded booth where we could go and play uh, Witcher 3 and Resident Evil 5 because they're R18 yeah cause and it's quite funny because I don't think many people actually know what the hell's in that booth because it looks like the line for Hollow Knight Silk Song is right next to this booth, and I think a lot of people think that the line is for that little secluded booth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but yeah, we both went in there and we played through the games. Uh, Resident Evil Five. I know you, you liked it back in the day. What do you think of it on Switch now? Oh, I mean, it's Resident Evil Five. The only you know, uh, there's a few mixed opinions with the Resident Evil Five, but I enjoy it for what it is. Uh, it runs perfectly fine on Switch. Nothing to take a gawk at or anything. It's not remastered or anything in particular. It's pretty much just the Xbox version. It's the same slew of Resident Evil stuff that they've put, been putting out for the Switch. And I suppose if it works, it works. Don't you know? If it's not broken, don't don't fix it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was like what a ten-minute Spec Ops mission or something. Yeah. 
There was, there was a sort of news going around that uh, the frame rate in that was inconsistent and it was like breaking in the in the demo version. Not too bad. Yeah, I, I can't say that uh, what I played was all that jarring at all. It was, it, just when I started, I'm like, all right, this isn't, you know, an Xbox 360 game. It's just literally that game just plomped onto a portable device. And if you're a fan of that game and you want to do the sort of, you know, horde mode and all that type of thing, I think it would be a, a good option, especially at the right price. I think uh, at retail, it comes with Resident Evil 5 and Re- Resident Evil 6 bundled together. So if that's at a decent price and, you know, you're into more of those action-based Resident Evil games, I think that will be a decent deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, 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 I never played... um played a little bit of 5. I never played 6 because... I think like the reviews came out, everyone's just like, nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The problem with Resident Evil is it went way more into action-oriented sort of uh, s- genre, I guess, rather than spooky scary. Yeah. And I mean, we're in spooky scary month, so probably should have just got Resident Evil Seven on the console. Probably would have. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. But I guess you know, this is just literally a not literally a drag and drop, but it very much looks like a drag and drop from previous consoles. Where looks fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you, if you go to Japan, you can stream Resident Evil 7, so that's exciting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess so, yeah. And the, the other R18 big boy game was uh, <laughs> Witcher 3. Uh, so, yeah, Bryce, what do you think of this one, mate? Yeah, so I think it's serviceable if you've never played The Witcher before and you just want to play it. Um, obviously, it's, it's the game with the most content plopped onto the cartridge on Switch, yeah. without question. Like... It's Blood and Wine and all other expansions. I can't remember exactly all of them. I just remember Blood and Wine for whatever reason. But it's all on the one card, which is like a phenomenal achievement. Wild Hunt is a huge game. Um, but it does suffer from pretty crappy frames at times. Uh, and the pop-in is a little bit, a little bit close. Yeah, it's it's the popping isn't too bad. Like when I when I played it, I wasn't playing like I'm gonna have fun. I'm just like running around, seeing what how the game handles, and I'm just like running through trees and that. And the popping didn't seem too bad. Like you'd expect, like to look at the horizon and like stuff to be popping in, in and out. But it was actually quite good. Like I'm looking at at the sky, looking at the moon, and I look down, and you can see the mountains and everything. And I thought it was quite uh quite good in that aspect. But yeah, the graphics are like. T- toned right down as low as they could possibly go which you know we should expect because it is like a device that literally fits in your pocket for like you know three hundred dollars so yeah i don't know <laughs> i mean i guess um i guess it comes down to if you really want to play it and you don't have anything else to play it on then it's it's serviceable enough to be like hey here's another big open world game but i think the issue is is that um, I guess okay. The comparison is, in my opinion, and I was thinking this while I was playing it. It's Xenoblade Two in handheld, but without the decent frames. Mm. It that's exactly what it looks like. So, Xenoblade Two sort of explain that for someone who hasn't played that. Like, what what do you mean by that? Like, how how does Xenoblade Two handle in handheld mode? Fucking hell, it's not an interview, mate. <laughs> um, uh, Bryce, what's your How's your sex life? <laughs> anyway, it, it's just muddy. Yeah. That's that, that's the problem. Is explaining this kind of thing. It's just like it's muddy. Mm. That's what you. That's what you can say about it. It's jut. 
looks a bit rough around the edges. If, if you Google gameplay footage of Xenoblade 2 on Switch in portable mode, you'll find exactly what you're looking for. It's obvious the graphics are toned right down. It looks very similar to that. So, that's the comparison drawn. It's, yeah, it's as if they sort of just took a low-end PC and just went... <laughs> yeah. Installed the Witcher on it and tried to give it a go. But yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not the best-looking game ever. And the frames are dippy. Like, I think if you want to play it in handheld mode, it will be, you know, I think it will be a good option to get. But if you're like, you know, I want to play 50-50 or whatever, I think you should probably be like, just think about getting it on another console, if possible. Yeah. If, you don't, if you don't have another console, then, you know, this is the only option you've got. So, But I, I did find myself after a few minutes, or after 10 minutes or so, sort of like getting, like your eyes sort of adjust to the graphics and you're just playing the game for what it is. Like, you know, going through the story and I think if you got, get some headphones and you sort of nestle into, like, you know, the backseat of a car or your bed or whatever, I think it would be a pretty good experience just playing this game yeah. in handheld. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I feel like I might pick it up eventually, maybe. You know, I want to play Dragon Quest and these other huge games first, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess that leaves us to, like, one of the biggest games at the, the boot from the first one we went to go and see because we knew the lines were going to be... Uh, very big, and that is uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. We got to play the, the demo that uh, you might have seen at E3, which is going through the water gym, doing the sort of challenge and going the face to gym leader. And it's sort of hard with a Pokemon game because we knew going into it, it's just a turn-based game. We've got stock Pokemon; they're not ours, so it's you know very just selecting moves, and it's not gameplay orientated. Because last year we were very excited to go and play Smash Bros because we wanted to know how it felt how the new characters felt where with this you know we send out a scobble and we like use a water pulse you know there's not there's not not much feeling there necessarily but it was cool to sort of you know just play it and get a handle of the characters and everything and uh (laughs) we'll talk on earlier and we'll we'll do on the the water uh challenge where basically you've got to turn off and on uh taps to sort of uh, stop water from shooting up so you can progress through the the puzzle and the very last one I'm, I'm like just like it's not working for me I'm like oh god and the, the guy the guy watching me I'm like he's probably just thinking I'm the biggest idiot I'm like oh shit and I'm like yeah just, just tell me <laughs> I want to get through this because you, you have to turn one off turn it on turn it off turn it back on then turn it off again yeah. sort of a little mix up like that but yeah so what, what did just battling aside just like this uh, running around and all of that in the gym. What did you think of that? Like, I know there's not a whole lot to go off of, you know, but... Uh, it's gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, looks looks great. But, um, again, at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. use your own Pokemon. And uh, it feels like a much better experience. So, using rental Pokemon, essentially, is what we got. We got a all three of the starters, Yampa, Wooloo, and Corviknight. Yeah. Um, we had the option to... Gigantamax or whatever in the actual leader battle uh, it was against Nessa um, and you know I guess it's there it's another mega evolution mechanic I uh, ended up Gigantamaxing my Yamper for the lols <laughs> um, and it fainted so I had to survive an extra attack from this giant Gigantamax Dreadnought so I was like okay well 
I guess Wooloo's dying then, so I sent out Wooloo to take the hit. And surely enough, it died because I needed to keep my Grookey to kill it. Oh, poor Wooloo. Yeah, poor Wooloo. Yeah. What? I had my Grookey out against the Dreadnought. <coughs> and I'm like, oh, you know, grass against uh, a water rock. I'm set. I'm good. Then it Gigantamax and just like flattened me. Yeah. Um, it didn't quite kill me. Then it's uh, the, sta- the Sandstorm that got activated through its uh, Gigantamaxing. Just like killed me then. I'm like, Oh, right. <laughs> so I thought I'd be fine, but just booms, fucking flattens me. I'm like, huh. So I, I sound out the call of the night. I'm like, it'd be cool to see its uh, new form because it got announced that it got a new form. But it must have been in this demo, I don't think. Or it just didn't look that different, but I didn't notice. I think it just wasn't in the demo because it was from E3. Yeah. And I think this, uh, the call of the night, uh, Gigantamax form was announced afterwards. But yeah. So and it is cool too because they got like a booth set up which looks like. I guess a Pokemon gym where all the Nintendo uh, booth attendants are all d- dressed in gym attire, all of that. Yeah, yeah. and they they uh, they did show off the uh, I guess the steel case as well in a little thing while we're waiting in the line, and the steel case looks really nice. I tried to pre-order it the other day actually, and they were sold out. I'm like, God damn it! I just waited that little bit too long, but the steel case looks nice. It's uh, it's got a, like the map of the Gala region in the middle in <laughs> in the uh, inside. <laughs> Oh, funny. Words are hard, Bryce. I don't they know why they're so hard. They yeah, are, aren't well, they? We had an early morning, mate. We did have an early morning. Mm. Mm. Yes, it's, it's either an early morning or a late night with us, isn't it? Why can't we just... just doesn't happen. just doesn't happen, does it? No. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that, that's it. That's the start of our pack so far. We got we went around well, the Nintendo booth and... There's, yeah, there was other things there. Hmm. Any, um, uh, so... It's just non-Nintendo. We can talk some non-Nintendo. What did you... You went and seen, obviously, what you said before, Final Fantasy fourteen. just so you could go and get your shirt. You're a big Final Fantasy fourteen fan. You play that game a lot. Uh, did you go and play anything else, or did you just do that? Uh, I've done that, but the thing is, is, like, they were really crazy this year for a Friday, <laughs> the lines. So, basically, we went and did a couple of things at the Nintendo booth. I'm like, right, I'm going to go claim my shirt at the fourteen Battle Challenge before it expires, and... Luckily, I did, because as soon as I walked out, the line was just incomprehensible. I, oh, yeah. I wasn't going to get in there. <laughs> well, I'll, when was that Nintendo birth? I think you were already gone. Actually, no, you were just getting your My Nintendo reward. And, yeah, we're, we're there. And we just hear, like, the gates are open. We hear, ah, like this big crowd of people just, like, charging. Like, oh, God. Because it, it was busy enough, like, just with, like, whoever got a content creator badge. Yeah. to get in it was busy enough I'm like oh my god we're waiting like 20 minutes for Pokemon yeah. which now it's like 2 hour wait for Pokemon yeah. which is I couldn't wait 2 hours for that demo like that demo it was cool to get it, get your hands on Sword and Shield obviously it's my most anticipated game but it's not one of those games where it's like wait 2 hours to try so no. it's a month away away oh. now as well so it's not too bad a wait and mm. I mean um there was there's stuff like Final Fantasy VII and the Avengers and all that here and they've they've all got queue times of two to three hours, yeah. like that's that's insane and I mean I know that it's all looked forward to and everybody wants to play them and all that and that's great but like just looking at it from the perspective of like uh, there was oh Jesus it's Simon Blackburn Simon Blackburn's running us it is lunchtime he's ringing us about lunch. Yeah. So Simon, if you get around to listening to this episode, you know why I just hung up on you. Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, 
you, even with the Final Fantasy VII sec, uh, section, you couldn't take photos or take video footage or anything yeah. like that. You weren't allowed to. So um, that kind of sucks. But I'll, I'll try and get my hands on it if we get here early enough the next two days. Yeah. I'll get in and have a crack. Um, well, that, that's the thing. The next uh, few days are even busier because today's the Friday. So yeah. on the weekend where people actually don't have to get work off, yeah. it's going to be busier. Yeah, I'd I'd love to get into Final Fantasy and um, Avengers especially because that's like you know real hands-on yeah. um, third-person game. But yeah, I'm just not the type of person who's like wants to wait in these lines. No, mm. like because Avengers comes out in May and that, that you know, that's a fair wait. So getting your hands on this early is actually pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, on the on the lighter side of things, so I managed to get my hands on some titles that are on Switch that were. You know they've they've come and obviously I haven't picked them up and I'm just like okay, well I'll have have a look at them here like uh, Damon X Machina, which is okay, serviceable mech game, um, Ukulele and the Possible and the Impossible Lair looks great and I want to pick it up. Yeah, um, I was close to it the other day and it is interesting too because of like the switch tax which is being put on the physical version but not the um, digital version which is good because a lot of the time it does get put onto the digital version as well. Because I can't, because here it's like seventy dollars for the physical version, but it's forty-five for the digital version. Yeah. And forty-five—that's that—that's a fine price, but um, seventy dollars for ukulele. So yeah. oh, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. There was uh, Nino Cooney as well. Uh, Disney Sumsum was there, but I'm I'm good, thanks. Uh, yeah, I didn't play that either. No. <laughs> there was Mario Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games stuff briefly, but they turned that TV off pretty quick. I don't know why. It looks pretty good, that game. But, yeah, um, I've got my money set aside for some of these bigger games and I don't think I'm going to be sitting there too much playing Mario and Sonic. But it does look pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we also got a far, uh, photo with Mario and Luigi, the brothers themselves. We did, yeah. yeah. Very exciting. Finally got to meet Mario and Luigi. <laughs> Very nice men. Oh, my God, Simon. Simon's ringing again. Yeah, look, give it to me. I'll message him. It's all right. Yeah, g- give him a message. Uh, well, I guess it is lunchtime. We've got people, we got people ringing us, Bryce. We're, uh, We're very busy people. Oh, very busy. Got to go and eat. <laughs> so, uh, actually, no, give my phone back. I need to, I need to do Nintendo Jukebox. Oh, okay. Sorry, man. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, Bryce, this is at the start of our PAX adventure. We've got some more episodes coming out. We've got a appointment at the Audio Technica booth on Sunday at the end of the day. Can't remember the exact time. I think it's 4, 4 o'clock. Yeah, so if anyone listens to this in the meantime and you're at PAX, feel free to give me a message. It might be a space for you on the uh, on the panel if you'd like to be on the show. Um, I don't know how many spots there are. I think there might be five or something. So, you know, do the mass. There's two of us, and so there's three spaces. Yeah. So feel free to give me a message if you want to talk about Nintendo and your experience at PAX. And uh, I think that might do it, Bryce. What do you, so what are you looking forward to for the next two days here? Trying to avoid lines. So just basically sitting in this little quiet yes. area and uh, that'll avoid the line. Don't have to wait at all. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 118. If you'd like to uh, help us out, review the show, all that fun stuff, feel free to, please. You know. I just I sort of get to this point, I'm like, you know, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like you've got to say it, but, you know, it feels wrong, you know. No one does it anyway, you know, no one listens. 
even you. Don't either. <laughs> don't either. See, you know what I do? I always edit in just like you saying, I'm a silly willy, but you never notice. I don't do that. That's a lot of. That's too much work. All right, guys. Uh, this week's Nintendo jukebox is a Luigi's Mansion Today's remix. What did I say? This week's. Mm. We've got multiple coming this week, my friend. No, nah, well, the <laughs> the next episode will be the next week. Will be the next Tuesday, normal time. So don't you try and correct me, uh, mate. Well, we're talking in present tense, mate. <laughs> present tense. Uh, yeah, Luigi's Mansion Remix by QMU Music. Go and uh, check it out on SoundCloud. Go and support them. Give them the click and all of that. And until next time, catch you later.